Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's January 15th, 2013. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to GreatBrewers.com for sponsoring us. And, of course, check out GoodBeerSeal.com. What a show we have tonight. We're here in uh, Roberta's in Brooklyn and the Heritage Radio Network. We're going to have a show tonight about disaster beers. We've got uh, the great team behind Surge Protector. It's... Uh, uh, Nico Kremitis and uh, some guys from Long Island uh, put together some money to uh, benefit Long Island and Barrier Brewing, uh, who we miss sadly. And we've got a guy in from Lebanon, Mr. Mazen Hajar, Hajar, who is the top brewer from Lebanon, which is kind of amazing. So uh, let's talk to him first. Um, okay, Lebanon, multicultural society. The French were there for a while. So if anything, is a war between wine and beer. So you're like the first brewer to make beer in Lebanon other than like your the main macro brewery right well actually there isn't much of a war between wine and beer okay. uh, the Lebanese have picked up these nasty habits from the French colonial powers so we're a very whiny uh, culture I'm the first crazy guy to start up uh, trying to build a beer culture in the Middle East and um, the, the, the the big macro breweries are owned the whole region is basically dominated by Heineken so no one's ever heard of a pale ale or a red ale or a wit beer. It's always been light lagers. Well, I'm glad you came on the show today. In fact, from Twittering, we've already got customers in the East Village, Porchetta, and Porcena restaurants are dying for Le- for Lebanese beer. Uh, Sarah Jenkins' dad was a, was a correspondent in Beirut in the 70s, and I know you're good friends with Steve Hindi yeah. from Brooklyn Brewery, who was also a, a correspondent. So you've got some great ties to New York, and we're looking forward to seeing your beer grow here. And on the other side, we've got Long Island. Um, you know, you're, you're the one brewer in Lebanon. Well, I think that I can't even count on my hands anymore the, the breweries on Long Island. Uh, Nico, tell us what you did with Surge Protector and uh, who you brought along today. Uh, what's up, Jimmy? Uh, we have Michael Philbrick from Port Jeff Brewing Company, Greg Martin from Long Island Bre- Beer Company, and Kurt Potter from Blue Point Brewing Company. Uh Search Protector IPA is the result of Sandy Relief Beer. It's a project that we all decided to do uh, once Hurricane Sandy hit, and it's to benefit Barrier Brewing Company, who basically got destroyed after Hurricane Sandy. And uh, we're also donating half to Long Island Cares, which will help the victims of Hurricane Sandy. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, the the guys in the room, uh, Long Island and uh, Port Jeff, just a few years ago, you guys weren't around. Um, Tell us about the growth of uh, craft beer on Long Island. Uh, well, it's Mike from Port Jeff here. Uh, the growth of craft beer, I think, on Long Island has been pretty uh, pretty ridiculous. I mean, in the in the past three or four years, you have uh, Long Island, who came on board, uh, Greenport Harbor, Great South Bay, uh, Port Jeff Brewing Company, Spider Bite. Um, you now have Rocky Point uh, Artisan Brewers, which are out uh, you know on the East End, and uh, and you have Blind Bat. Uh, as well, um, and I'm sure I'm missing people out of that. But it, it seems like every other month there's a there's a new brewery opening on Long Island, which I think is a good thing for Long Island. I think most of the brewers in the room would would agree that that is a good thing. So, so tell us about Port Jeff. Uh, Port Jeff, we have a we have a little brewery. It's a seven barrel brew house. Uh, we're located right in Port Jefferson uh, downtown. Have a tasting room. Um, we opened in 2011 in September. Um, we we distribute uh, by ourselves. Really, I, I deliver most of the beer myself uh, throughout Long Island, Westchester County, and uh, most recently the past three or four weeks in uh, New York City. That's great. And Kurt Potter's here from Blue Point uh, Brewing. Uh, this Surge Protector is a really awesome beer. Um, which brewers collaborated on this beer, and who who do you think claims the the most credit for the style? Because it's pretty good. <laughs> It's it, well. It's a really the style. Wow! It, everyone agreed, I think, ahead of time, more or less, that we'd do some kind of a session IPA. You know, keep the ABV down low enough that everyone, you know, would be good for everyone. And then, like we were just talking before, er, you know, everyone contributed something. Um, you know, from Barrier, from Blind Bat, 
uh, Blue Point, of course, Great South Bay, Greenport Harbor, Long Ireland Port, Jeff, and, and uh, Spider Bite, and, and everyone bought a bag, a bag of grain or some hops or something. So it's kind of, you know, everything but the kitchen sink is in it, and it, it turned out, you know, really good. Everyone's pretty Well, it's great. What you guys are doing on Long Island, I mean, Nico, I mean, you've been writing about beer on Long Island for a while, and you're kind of like the leader of this group. Um, there's so many ways that people came together after Sandy to help each other. But the real story here is Greg, Greg from Long Island. I mean, I, I tried your beers a couple years ago, and you were contracting. And so you're the real story. You started contracting, and now you have your own brewery. Yeah, we've kind of gone through the whole gamut. You know, uh, <clears throat> the last episode, you know, which I listened, which was with Jeremy from Schmaltz, and there was the whole contract versus owning your own. We've really done the gamut. We started out as Gypsy Brewers in uh, New England Brewing, bringing that beer back, and uh, we then converted into contract brewing for 10 months while we were building our brewery. So for the last two, two and a half years, we've been you know fully on our own, set up in uh, Riverhead, last, uh, last exit off the expressway uh, after it ends, and uh, we've been doing everything in-house since. That's great. Well, we're trying to give uh, everybody a little intro here. Um, we, we're, we're drinking the Surge Protector, which you guys collaborated on, and now um, uh, I'm gonna, it's Mazin. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's, that's um, can we taste your Lebanese paleo? I mean, you, you're, you're coming to New York uh, with something totally different. Um, you're a new import. Um, you're, you're saying it's the first beer ever brewed with all Lebanese ingredients? Yeah, it's, it's basically a collaboration with Anders Kissmeyer. And um, it's uh, made with, uh, it's, it's an English-style IPA made with thyme, mint, chamomile, sage, anise, and uh, I'm forgetting one of these. And uh, anise, sage, mint, sumac. And it, the, these herbs are basically very traditional in Lebanese cuisine. Um, the, the idea behind this is we wanted to make a drinkable IPA, which wasn't top forward, but which reflected Lebanese flavors, our culinary tradition. I mean, beer originated in Lebanon, well, in the region. There was no Lebanon back then, 9000 BC. And I know there's, there's been a lot of digging up of history and people trying to replicate beer recipes from history. What we tried to do with this was to make a modern beer that reflected the flavors coming out of Lebanon. Uh, and it, it really works. I mean, I think it's, it's a perfect food accompaniment beer. What do you guys think of this beer? The nose is amazing. Yeah, I love it. Wild. Yeah, I definitely agree on the the nose. You, you get those spices just coming out right on top of that uh, that nose. It's it great. Like all spice, like sage and all kinds of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right on. It, it's a good blend, though. You know, yeah. uh, nothing really stands out. I don't think, yeah. uh, but but a good blend of herbs. Awesome. No, I mean this is really great. It's so funny. It reminds me of Italian beer. You know, a lot of the yeah. great Italian craft brewers are, are are using indigenous ingredients. You know, special herbs and spices that they only have in their region. It's very different than the way Americans make beer because it seems like they're focusing more on, on the hops and the malt profile. Correct. Uh, and and the interesting thing about this beer was um, one of my childhood heroes, Serge Aushar, who makes Chateau Muzar, probably the most famous Lebanese wine, called me up one day out of the blue and said, "Come in for a tasting." And we poured our beer. Uh, our, we I poured our beers, and he sat there for four hours sipping, every half an hour a small sip, and there I was twitching, going, "Oh my God, the oxidization! What's going on?" <laughs> and finally, after four hours, I said, "Look, this is not a wine. You can't do this." And he said, "Why not?" I said, "Well, it changes. It oxidizes." He turns to me and he's an older guy. He says, "Oxidization is when you mature like me, so you've got to understand that." Here, taste your Lebanese pale ale now. And the, the dominance of the za'atar, which is the wild Lebanese time, had dissipated and it became sage. And just before I left that session, he said, you know what, I'm going to keep this over a week and I'm going to taste it twice a day and see how it develops. And it, it completely blew my brain. As a brewer, this is not something that you usually do. And, f and for you, you, you know, you've got a couple different beers. What, what other beers do you make? You making like a Hefeweizen? Um, no, actually, we no. make a wit beer. Um, and because, you know, the Lebanese market is very used to lighter beers because their tradition is light lagers. So we made a wit beer that used local unmalted wheat, orange peel and coriander seed, um, very drinkable, uh, being very well balanced without the sourness coming out, the, the, the acidity coming out. We make a lager. Our lager is a Hellas, so it's quite crisp, quite clean, malt forward rather than hop forward. It just won the International Hong Kong Beer Awards for the best lager. 
Uh, we make a red ale, which is quite caramelly, quite intense in caramel, but still balanced with a, with, a, with a high level of bitterness. I use Amarello hops in that one. And we make a porter. Um, I did a lot of historical research when I did my porter. So it's, it's quite true to the original traditions of brewing porter. So it's, it's quite dense. It's rich. It's, it's got a big caramel base. Coffee and chocolate on the nose, a bit of nuttiness, and on the sweeter side. And then we make our brewmaster select, which is our Lebanese Pale Ale, edition 01. And the, the idea behind this is to celebrate Lebanese flavor in modern beer. So our, Lebanese, our brewmaster select 02 is going to be an imperial stout, uh, 8% ABV. We're doing a collaboration with a local roastmaster who's had a family roastery since 1933, they are going to roast traditional Arabica beans, but in, I mean, in co- coffee roasters. Yeah, yeah. But in Lebanon, we don't just drink coffee; we actually add cardamom to our coffee. So our imperial stout will reflect that. There'll be coffee and cardamom in it. Well, that's really great. And, and being in Lebanon, do you think your worldview is different? I mean, here these guys are trying to like. Mike, you're trying to sell what? Mostly to New York City or to your own local area? Uh, most of our sales, you know, we've we spent the last year selling locally, uh, and, and we still do, of, of course. But, uh, you know, we're branching out to New York and the general local region with Westchester and New York City. Uh, basically, places I can get to and get back home within a day without my wife giving me a... Give me a hard time. Well, you're self-delivering too, and it's one of the great things about New York State beer is that you can come to my bar and sell to me. Well, yeah, that's you know having friends in the brewing community in other states, um, they're definitely envious of the fact that I can literally walk into any place that has a license to sell it and and uh, and pitch them and try to sell them, which which makes it great for a startup because I mean I couldn't imagine being in a state where you have to go with distributorship right away. You know, how, how do you find your legs? How do you find your brand in that type of situation? I think it would be rough. Um, for, for me, being able to self-distribute, um, especially since I, you know, bring most of it out there and, and, uh, and deliver most of it, I have an ear to the consumer, to, you know, the bar owner. So they can tell me, hey, your stout's rocking. Uh, the pale ale might not be doing as well in that particular setting. And so I get an idea of, of what's working, and I can adjust my production based on that, which has been, I mean, for me, it's been priceless. And Mazen, when you started in, in, in Lebanon, um, how did you distribute your beer originally? Well, actually, we originally started in the back of my kitchen uh, in a 20-liter kettle. And I started in the middle of the July 2006 war when the bombs were falling. I decided I've had enough, so I went back to the kitchen and started brewing. And we very much started, um, basically, I started inviting friends over for Sunday research sessions where they would taste my beers. And the word kind of got out. And, and one night, I got a knock on the door at 10 p.m. And there were these two guys standing there. Um, Are you Mazen? Yes. We heard you make good beer. Can we buy some? And I felt like this drug pusher going, <laughs> there you go. So um, when, when we finally bought our brewery um, and we, st- we assembled the thing and started brewing, we started delivering in the back of my car. Up until last year, we were delivering in the back of my car as well. How'd you go from that to distribute? So you're distributing in what countries in the world? We are present. We're we're now launching the U.S. We are um, in the U.K., Spain, Portugal, France, Sweden, Denmark, uh, Norway, Finland, uh, Switzerland, Australia, Hong Kong, Syria, United Arab Emirates. Quite a few. I, I'm sure I forgot something. So who's your dis- your distributor importer? Our there? distributors, our importers in the U.S. are St. Killian. Uh, in New York, where we have Union Beer, um, we also have we're, we're doing eleven states now. Well, hey guys, let's raise our glass and welcome uh, you know this Lebanese beer. And it's nine sixty one. Why is it called nine sixty one? It's the telephone code for the country. It's the dialing code. See, we didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the telephone code for the USA? One. Oh. <laughs> well, you you want to tell me you've never dialed Lebanon before? Well, I start. I will now that I know you. But let's let's welcome him in. And I'll tell you what. We have a lot more to do on the show today. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. You're listening to Andy's Biscuits by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network. Org.
Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. What a show we have tonight. Mazin from Lebanon, and we got the guys behind Surge Protector on Long Island. So we've got some serious beer here today. Um, Greg from Long Island, uh, we just drank one of your beers. What is it? Uh, this is our uh, ESB that we just released. It's uh, in our Brewers Reserve series that we have out. So it's uh, just a traditional take of uh, an ESB, which is just it's a style that we love to drink, and it's... Uh, it's a great beer with a horrible name. Uh, ESBs typically don't do really well in the market um, because of that bitter in the name, but uh, we love the beer. We love the style of beer. So in this particular beer, we used a Target Hops, which is a hop that we've not worked with before, and we were really pleased with the way it came out. Uh, 6.5% ABV, uh, about 48 IBUs, and uh, it'll probably be something that we'll, we'll revisit again in a little while. Greg, I'm going to raise my glass to you because my, when I first tried Long Island beer. It was contract brewed, and now you guys have your own brewery. Thank you. What, what, what did it take for you, you know, in New York State, in America, you know, to, to get your own brewery? Money. Yeah, like how much? <laughs> <laughs> um, my, you know, we, we were, uh, my partner, uh, Dan Burke, and myself, you know, started, it like most guys, home brewers, uh, didn't have money to open a brewery, kind of cashed in uh, our retirements, scraped together 50 grand, and that got us kind of contracting. And uh, and then we went out and pulled together a small group of investors and put about another uh, half a million together. And um, timing is everything. We we caught a lot of breaks and got a great deal on a used system from Penetrack Brewing that had just closed up in New Hampshire. And uh, put that system in, and we've been fortunate in brewing and expanding and growing. So great. I mean, if for you know our listeners, how would you best describe the beers that you're making? So you make an ESB. We, we're we're pretty traditional. We're, we you know we we try to stay true to style with the beers that we make, and and obviously there are guys that like to go out of style. We're true to style brewers, so when we brew our beers, we typically will stay within our style guidelines, and we like to do that. And we like to we like to tweak as we go along with a, a, a beer that we're making, but we like to take that and 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 push within the boundaries, but stay within the guidelines. One thing I love about you guys is that you know we talk about what's craft beer. I know the definition is is really big. And, and you can make a lot of beer and still be called craft. You guys are, I would have to say you guys are microbreweries, and I think that's a term that we should bring back because I respect that, and I think most people still relate to that. That's what we like to use as well as a terminology. I, you know, craft beer to me is, uh, there, there's lots of great beer, and, and I'm not hung up as to necessarily where it comes from. But, you know, we are a microbrewery, you know, and that's what, that's what we do day in, day out. There's four of us in the company, and that's all we do day in, day out. Yeah, I mean it's tough, you know. There's that word craft brewery. There's regional breweries, but at the end of the day, I like to meet the brewers. Like I meet you, I I want Michael to come from Port Jeff to my bar and and, and hand deliver his beer. And for me, that's living the life, you know. So, yeah, I think it, to a lot of degree, like I said before, the bar owners uh, they embrace that. You know, they you get to meet the face, you get to meet the guy behind who made the beer, um, and then even for your staff who sells the beer and and your and the people who are buying the beer there and, and tasting it, the actual end consumer, they get a lot out of that, you know, because it's not some guy behind a, a glass or, you know, even now some of the regional breweries, you have, uh, you know, virtual rock stars of, of brewers, so to speak, when you talk about Firestone Walker or, or Dogfish Head and things like that. So, but all of those guys basically started in the same, same realm, you know? You know, I'll tell you, I mean, Mazin first came on earlier, we were talking and he talked about craft beer and crafty. You know, the funny thing is this, what I love is that you guys can make beer, and there's a lot of new small brewers and people that know a lot about beer, and that's the community that I interact with, and I think we all do. And there's still like some larger corporations that you know they'll only grab a, a, a big name, 
And it's like there's more than four brewers in America, and we all know that on, on sure. the craft beer scene. But I think that that's why it's great to, to work together, and that's why I love what you guys did with Surge Protector. And Nico, tell us a little more about the genesis of that because you know this is one of the coolest things that happened in in New York State beer since I've been in this business. Yeah, uh, Matt Furman, who's a photographer in New York, uh, we had wanted to document a collaboration between Long Island breweries. And uh, about three weeks after we had signed on, probably about seven or eight breweries, uh, Hurricane Sandy hit. And we basically decided that we should shift the project to help out Barrier because basically every brewery on Long Island was okay after the storm, aside from Barrier, as you know. Um, they were pretty much destroyed. So we shifted the project, and uh, we decided to split the proceeds uh, so we would help out um, Long Island Cares as well, a food bank on Long Island. And, uh, yeah, Claire Rose came on and decided to fund the entire project. So big ups to Claire Rose and uh, Blue Point as well because they hosted the beer. And uh, so on December 4th, we all got together, brewed the beer, and had a great time. Nico, how did you get involved in beer? You're a beer writer. Yeah, um, I guess kind of just as a personal evolution. Like, I had always liked beer, and I, I'm just, you know, just kind of explored and, and tried new things and uh, got into the craft scene and just found so many passionate people and just loved um, loved the beer and loved the story behind it, which I think is why everyone loves craft beers, because there's a story behind it. And I also know that uh, Oma Gang Brewery upstate rallied behind Barry as well. And uh, did, did uh, Evan and Craig go up to Cooperstown and make a beer with them? Yeah, they actually uh, they used one of their recipes and then used a uh, Oma Gang yeast strain. Um, so that came out, and uh, Surge Protector comes out on January 22nd. And. Uh, about 50 or 60 bars and beverage centers are going to get that on Long Island. And, uh, yeah, so January 22nd. Well, thanks for what you do, guys. And, Kurt, anything uh, for Blue, Blue Point, you guys really stepped up. Uh, the beer was made at Blue Point. It's, it's labeled under Blue Point. So you guys are all donating all the proceeds from this beer. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, you know, everyone came together from the initial meeting on the 4th. And, and I guess it was a timing thing, you know, why, why it was hosted at, at Blue Point. But everything worked out pretty well with the tank space and everything. And, uh, yeah, everyone, like I said before, everyone brought a bag or some hops and, and, and contributed. And, and then uh, I, I collaborated, like uh, Nico said before, with, with uh, Randy Moser on the labor, label and ended up, you know, finishing that up and getting it out to production, doing... Uh, some posters and just custom made some tap handles and stuff and uh so it's going to be a really it's going to be a really cool kickoff for the whole thing it's been you know a long time coming to fruition but i think everybody's pretty psyched about it so should awesome. be good well hey, and, and talking about celebrating beer uh we have on the line right now uh wendy littlefield from van bergen de wolf wendy Hello there, Jimmy. So if any- I have Ann Becerra here with me too from the Ginger Man. So if anyone in this room knows about beer, they they, they may have they all know your beers. It's whether you started with Duvel and you guys open Omegang and and you save Saison de Pont. Um, today it's the Coast to Coast Toast in New York, which also got uh, you know delayed from uh, Hurricane Sandy. Uh, tell us what's going on today. Wendy? Okay, I will. And I also just wanted to say I heard snippets of the segments that came before, which were great. I'd like to hear more about the Lebanese beer. That sounds really interesting. And kudos um, to the guys at Blue Point for what they're doing, too. Well, how about, how about if, if Mazin, Mazin from the Lebanese brewery, 961. Mazin, talk to Wendy Littlefield. I don't know if you know about Van Bergen de Wolf. They first imported Duval to America. They've got a great Belgian and, and really great deep portfolio that we're celebrating today across Hi, New York. Hi, how are you? Good luck. Thank you. It's 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 quite a battle. <laughs> Don't worry, you can win. It's it's almost like a time capsule where the, you go back in the U.S. for twenty years, and that's the, kind of the attitude I'm facing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we like to say. We've been in business for thirty-one years, and we say that our business was an overnight sensation after twenty years. <laughs> our, our our current uh, brewmaster comes from Chimay. I see you import Duval. Yeah. Well, we used to. We yeah. actually. Uh, our company, we were the first company to specialize in bringing Belgian beers to the United States, and Duval was the first beer. But then ultimately we sold the rights to Duval and the Omegang Brewery to Duval. So oh. we're just um, fellow travelers now. <laughs> well. So back to the Coast to Coast Toast. So, so last year for the celebration of the 30th anniversary 
of the founding of our company, we decided to do a party that would uh, bring together the best publicans and retailers for specialty beer across the country and have them celebrate on one day in any way they chose using any number of beers from our portfolio. And it turned out to be really a lot of fun, and it was the single largest one-day celebration of Belgian beer in the United States, even though we have some honorary Belgians, too. In other words, beer is not brewed in Belgium. Um, so we repeated the exercise this year, and the date for the event was November 15th, and it, it went off um, nationally, nationwide and internationally on that date everywhere except for New York, and anybody who's anywhere near New York knows why. It was because of the hurricane superstorm Sandy, um, and um, there was just massive devastation. It was inconceivable to think that a party could or should be thrown um, um, at that time. So we delayed it by two months, and that gave our distributor, Union Beer, who'd suffered millions of dollars in damage um, as a result of the storm, to, to regroup, and it let the accounts um, also gather their resources. And um, hey, Wendy, you guys are you're at the Ginger Man right now, right? Ginger Man, victims of the storm. Mm-hmm. So, so here we are now. Ginger we're Man. now we're um, on January fifteenth, and there are about sixty locations in New York City, which you can find on our website under the Coast to Coast Host banner. Uh, you can find a location in every borough uh, where you can celebrate. And w- I want to sorry. have you. Um, Wendy, talk to Ann a little bit because Jimmy, you're a host, and Ann is the host of the biggest party tonight. Yeah, so th- you guys are at Ginger Man, right? Yeah, we're going to. Um, we're very, very honored. We're actually pouring, I think, the most Van Bergen Dwolf beers that have ever been in one place in New York City. Um, almost thirty lines. Draft so lines. you guys, you'll be there all night. So after the show, can we go to Ginger Man? Absolutely. We're going to do. Actually, we're hitting a few places up. You know, there's. It's what I love about this toast is it's kind of reinforcing all the relationships between everybody. So when we hang up with you, we're heading over to Blind Tiger for, you know, say hi to those guys, and then we're running up to Ginger Man, and that's where sort of the big party is. And then, you know, Jimmy, I'm in your neighborhood, so I'll definitely be seeing you later tonight as well. And everybody yeah, and, knows you as Ann Ann Likes Beer, right? Um, who Anne recently likes beer. Uh, became of drinking age, has a party going on at Jimmy starting at um, 8 o'clock tonight. So there'll be a bunch of people down there, and... Um, you know, I should mention so many locations, Double Windsor, Beer Table, Crescent and Vine, 4th Avenue Pub, Culture Fix, Petite Abbey, BXL, where we were for lunch today, Amsterdam, Ale House, Proletariat. You know, it's just great, great list of places. All the Whole Foods around New York are taking part in the party. So whether you're celebrating at home or you're going out, um, you should try to... Try to, if you can, patronize one of these noble bars or stores. Wendy, um, one more thing. Tell me uh, your favorite beer right now. <laughs> like asking who her favorite kid is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, come on. You have to say one. What is my favorite beer? I cannot answer such a question because, you know, it is like having 43 children. But there are some things that are tasting really wonderful to me right now because of the the mood I'm in or the weather. I'm really loving Pasca Rustica, which is a Groot from Cezanne DuPont. Um, Foray, um, Foray Organic is tasting amazing to me with sort of winter, winter chicken stews like a water zooey. Um, um, I think that Vicaris Winter, which is a rare beer from the youngest brewer in Belgium, and Catherine Dillowens is really pretty amazing. Um, what else can I tell you? That's oh, lava. Have you tried lava, Jimmy? Oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah, that's a smoked imperial stout from Iceland. That's killer. Um, uh, you know, anything, any, anything from Scaldus this time of year is pretty beautiful. So Scaldus Noel is very cheering on a cold winter night. You know, really. I think the point about our portfolio is that this is a very curated list. We like to say that we fish with a line, not a net. So we're really trying to find beers that are very distinctive, that come from real people in real places. Um, with the exception of Amiata, they all have just one yeast strain that they that they use for all of their beers. And, and they're ex- exceptional examples of their kind. You don't have to like everything equally well, but you, I think you'll respect that they're all really, really well-made and very balanced beers. So take your pick. Wendy, one last question. One one of your favorite beers that's kind of new to the scene is the Raider Pills. I love it, and it's from DuPont. 
Um, you, how did that come about? Because that wasn't one of their traditional beers, was it? Oh, yes, it was. Uh, it was, really? Yeah. yeah. So we think that the Raydor is the best pills being made in Belgium today. It's a very delicate beer and a low-alcohol beer. It's served um, really just very locally um, in, in Wallonia near the brewery. And we just decided to bring it over as a special edition on tap only. So, you know, it, it's only the connoisseurs who are into it because it's a rather expensive for a lager, but exquisitely bright and delicious and attenuated lager. Wendy, you know? I'm just going to give you credit because I know you put so much, so much into planning the Coast to Coast Toast in November, and you guys really um, you know, redid the whole thing for New York City. Um, you know, after Sandy. So thanks so much for, for putting that extra work in. And I, I know that tonight a lot of people are drinking your beers. Yeah, but the credit really is due to the distributors and the whole team that, you know, just never gave up. They lost power. They lost their equipment. They lost their trucks. They lost their um, inventory. And yet they really said, no, we really want to do this, and it's important. And I also have to say that it is credit to the um, hosts, because it would have been very easy to say, what the hell, we'll do it next year, forget about it. And instead of that, everybody who was supposed to be doing it in November is doing it in January and then some. So doesn't that say a lot about the heart of people in New York City? Well, we love you, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make a toast to Wendy. See you later tonight, Come on. Jimmy. Everybody right? toast. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Wendy. And again, we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Every Tuesday at 12 p.m., you can call food scientist Dave Arnold and ask any question you want. John from Chicago, you're on the air. Hey, hey, Dave. Who am I fooling? This is horrible stuff. Without glutamic acid, you die. It is a matter of taste, but there's a lot more fat in sausage than you think. Get ahead of the curve. Tune into Cooking Issues every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. That was a promo for Dave Arnold's Cooking Issues. That's a very cool show. He's had a following for a long time. He taught at ICC, the French Colonial Institute. If you want to know about how to make things with chemicals and, and other special tools, uh, you've got to meet Dave Arnold. You know, talking about the world of beer and all these things, Dave Arnold is so cool. I mean, you, you do a, a special party, and he's figured out how to make a cocktail with, with carbonation and, and all these machines. And um, there's some really cool people doing shows on Heritage Radio Network, and we're very proud to be on it. So here we are, back with uh, our, our team. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's disaster weekend. We got <laughs> New York and Long Island had, uh, you know, Sandy, and Lebanon has had Lebanon. Uh, but we've got the, the brewer from Lebanon. Mazen, Mazen, you're going to start asking questions of our, of our Long Island brewers, because we've got these small microbrewers who are hands-on, they, they've learned the trade uh, as the New York craft beer movement has grown up. Uh, let's ask some questions. No, I mean, I, I just completely agree with, with the comment that was made about uh, brewing style. It's not that I'm against going crazy and experimenting. Um, I think fundamentally, as craft brewers, we're here to provide a drinkable alternative to the crap that's being sold on, on, on the market. And sometimes we, we kind of get into the gimmicks of trying to 
push the level of IBUs to the to a crazy point or using crazy ingredients, and we forget the basics. Uh, ultimately, if we do not make drinkable beers, uh, and that that respects somewhat part of our tradition, but also build on that, we're going to fail the consumer. So, kudos to them that they're, they're actually ahead of the curve. I mean, I've as an outsider to the U.S., I've seen some of the craft brewers doing some really crazy stuff and okay you scraped my palate so what and greg yeah i mean it's you know greg from long ireland say your name yeah man. greg from long ireland because we you love know, you you know one of the big things for us is you know and, and just to go back to the surge protector for a second is the involvement that blue point has had in the craft beer scene you know um I was a tasting room junkie at Blue Point when I was a home brewer. I worked around the corner, and I'd go every Friday. And uh, when we finally got to the point of getting ready to open a brewery, I ran into Mark Burford and Pete Cotter at the Craft Brewers Conference in San Diego. And they looked at me like, why, why are you here? You should be at the tasting room today, you know, and I'm in San Diego. And, and when we told them that, you know, we're looking to open a brewery, they were just good luck. And they have always been this kind of pace setter. And, again, they've always – They've always been on the cutting edge of what the next beer is, but they've also, again, always stayed in that style guideline. They've always made great, drinkable beer that's, you know, excelled in the style. And, uh, you know, that's they've kind of become the granddads of the whole craft beer scene. They've, they've definitely taken the parent role on. So when this surge protector opportunity came on, whereas obviously in a lot of other businesses that exist in the world, there's this competitive... Uh, uh, issue, you know, they they were open arms for everybody, and they've been that way. And and the, the craft beer scene on Long Island has been very communal from the aspect of, you know, when I grew up, if my mother was making cookies and she needed a cup of flour and she was out, I would go next door to, you know, Aunt Anne, who wasn't my aunt, to get a cup of flour. And Mike from Port Jeff has borrowed yeast and hops from us, and I've borrowed stuff from Greenport Harbor and. Uh, the guys at Blue Point have called us to borrow grain. You know, we all share, and you know, it's it's it is about you know, as Mazen has said, it's it's eliminating this crap that's put out there. That's just this corporate push. You know what I mean? So it's a cool thing. Yeah, uh, you know what? I it's Mike with Port Chef, but I definitely agree with you uh, with just the communal thing that's going on in Long Island, but also the way that Blue Point has really paved a way for us and such. We spoke before about me self distributing. And I can only imagine when when Pete and Mark were walking around, uh, you know, a commercial uh, macro brew society trying to push toasted lager. And what I have when I run into a bar now, you know, I go in and say, hey, I'm Mike with Port Jeff and I have this new beer. And, and there's so much uh, more acceptance. And a lot of that has to do, whether they know it or not, from their their trials and tribulations uh, 13, 14, 15 years ago when they were out in the scene, you know, uh, Long Island has figured out how to embrace a local beer because of Blue Point, which is which Absolutely. is a great thing. Um, and it, it really helps out folks like uh, like Greg and myself and everybody else on Long Island because they've done that. And uh, and I think they they are they're a great role model and they're a great granddad to have, so to speak, because they're so they're so approachable. So, yeah, no, but, you know, and, and they they are they're they're very cool. They they've. You know, they, they they visited my brewery, and that's, you know, for me to have somebody like that, being a younger brewer, to have them come down and, and, and see what I'm doing is totally cool because, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up drinking Blue Point toasted lager. So. Oh, I, I love what you guys are doing. Before we had a taste of your growler, what was it? Uh, before we were, we were pouring uh, a little bit of the Triple H, which is our Belgian triple. Um, it's a pretty straightforward Belgian triple beer. Uh, we use the the West Mall yeast or the High Trappist, the Trappist High Grav yeast uh, with it. Um, little aromatic great. malt. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. The, I want to go back to Mod just because he's, he's here from Lebanon. Um, you know, we've got this great scene. In amazing, in five years, we have so many really great brewers just in the New York area, and um, it's great for business. It's great for drinking. Um, but you. <laughs> Dude, you're here, man, and yeah. we love you. But you know, you have these cool connections. You're buddies with Danes. I mean, so Kismar, who's like one of the coolest, you know, brewers in Denmark. So he helped you set up your brewery, right? You got a real story, man. Well, actually, when we first started off, um, I was inspired by Steve Hindi, um, and in Steve's book, uh, Beer School, on the first page of the first paragraph, 
um, and the first line said something along the lines of I woke up to the sounds of bombs exploding and I was literally reading this just as I was sitting outside on my balcony being bombed in July 2006 and my friend who's a, who, who is my part, who was my first partner Henrik uh, from Denmark uh, said why don't you email him and tell him the story and I thought email Steve Steve is a rock star <laughs> uh, he's probably gets tons of emails so I just sent a random email saying by the way you were a journalist I was a journalist you, st- you got the inspiration under bombs I got the inspiration and Steve wrote back and came out to visit us and now we have a great relationship and Anders as well um, when we were starting off I called him up and said we're doing a brewery in Beirut he said awesome uh, how can I help and I said I don't know I've never brewed beer in my life remember I come from a region where no one has ever brewed beer even the breweries that we have are so automated. They don't have a brewmaster. They literally have a red light that flashes. They call Heineken and figure out what to do with it. So when I started brewing, I had no one to reference. And Anders was such a kind, generous man. He sent me all his recipes. So Anders, Ki- Anders Kismar. Yeah, uh, uh, and Anders Kismar last year uh, won the award at the Scandinavian, school, uh, Scandinavian Brewing School. He was voted the best brewmaster in the world, obviously coming from Scandinavia, so... But still, I mean, he's, he's, he's Bono in, in the brewing world in Europe. So we've had these great people who have helped us out a lot. And I wish I could pass on some of the help to others in the Middle East. I mean, there is a new brewery coming out of Jordan. They're still in the starting phase. And I'm trying to help out as much as possible. The, you know, the idea that this is a piece of pie and we're splitting it is ridiculous to me. It's not a zero-sum game. The more beers out there... The better beers are out there, the more will convert people. The bigger the pie is, the more of an audience it is. And that's why it's so important to make beers that are drinkable to people. I, I, I worry about these geeky, gimmicky beers because your average Joe public doesn't know us. And if they land on one of these messed up beers, experimental beers, they're going to be turned off by craft beer. Yeah, but you'll say... What's great about here is that you can geek out and make some crazy beers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but still, you know, you, you go outside of the cities. I, th- I still think that even in this country, most people are drinking the macro beers. Mm-hmm. So it's more like in the cities and, and places where there's yeah. cultured people. So, um, you know, I think please come to New York more because we really want to hang out with you, dude. And we That's like your pleasure. beers. Well, I mean, I'm planning to be here regularly, so it's my pleasure. It's great to hang out with you. I heard you, know, you did a TEDx talk. TEDx is kind of fancy. But it was TEDx Beirut, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, the things you talked about were the basics. You said something about uh, the green bottles and freshness yeah. in beer. and it's, it's, it's the way macro breweries have marketed beer to us. I mean, they've converted this wonderful, complex, sophisticated drink into a commodity. And it's, it's, it's basically an adult soft drink. Today I was out with one of the guys from Union Beer um, doing visits into, the, into uh, supermarkets. And he said, your beer is quite expensive. I said, well, I'm shipping it halfway across the world. And I said, how much are these macro beers? He said, they were, they're quite cheap beers. I said, no, they're very expensive waters. <laughs> and he laughed and agreed. It's, it's the <laughs> idiocy. <laughs> well, I say, I th- please keep interacting with, I mean, like, yes, yeah, Scandinavia, New York. There's great beer places <laughs> in the world. And we want you to know that there's a lot of people that like beer out there. Yeah. That's good beer. I th- is there someone on the phone? Uh, who is it? Oh, this is uh, Craig from Barrier Brewing. What's Mr. Up, Craig? Craig Frymark. Congratulations, <laughs> Craig. Thank you very much. I'm going to say this. Uh, we know that two years ago in New York Tap, which is, it, it judges the best breweries in New York, you and Evan, you guys won at Barrier Brewing, the best brewery in New York State. And I will say that you guys are the best brewery in New York State. You're my favorite brewery. And it's so good to hear from you, man. You're too kind, Jimmy. Actually, Long Island's held the title for two years running now because last year Spider Bite took it as well. So yeah. we got right. some Long Island pride going two years deep now. <laughs> so what do, what do you want to ask somebody a question, or do you want to just why don't you just come no, on and drink beer with us? Come We're on! We're actually here wrapping up our second brew of the day. As of last week, we finally started brewing our first post Sandy batches of beer. Uh, we still nice. got a couple fermenters left to fill, but we're finally back on our feet again. And I just wanted to give a shout out to all the guys in the studio. Um, you know, big gracious thank you from Barrier for helping us just get to this point and get back to doing what we love. So, Craig, you know, you, 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 we know 
your story, but let's share it with everybody. For a number of years, you, you were the, the one of the brewers at Six Point in Brooklyn, and we got to know you well then, and uh, then you moved over to Barrier. Um, so tell us about the experience of, of making the surge protector with the Long Island guys. Were you part of that brewing process? We are, yeah. We were we were all there that day. Everyone showed up. It was pretty cool and, and really um, amazing to get a bunch of brewers, all small breweries who don't really have a lot of free time as it is, for us all to take time off to get there together um, and come down and, and bring some ingredients and chip in and make this beer. It was a really, really cool experience. Uh, I'm actually very envious, Jimmy, that you're getting to taste the finished product even before we are. <laughs> wow, I'm lucky. <laughs> and, and Nico Kremitas, your 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 you know leader dude, he's here with us. Uh, What's up, Craig? How are you, that's man? Right, man. He put it all together. It's all he's he's the reason it's all uh, on its way out to the bars and restaurants in a very short amount of time. I just want to uh, say congratulations that you guys are brewing again because you are one of my favorite breweries and. Uh, I'm just happy that you're back on your feet, man. I really appreciate that as well. Yeah, it's, it, it feels really good. It's been a quite a long 10 weeks, it feels like, for us. Um, and just kind of, you know, going from the day we walked in and basically saw our brewery kind of turned upside down and everything. Um, you know, you have that initial shock and wonder how you even begin. So to flash forward 10 weeks now and, and the brewery looks like it did uh, before the storm, maybe even a little cleaner, actually. <laughs> Um, and you know we got the smells of beer back in the air. It, it's just uh, it's kind of tough to describe how how good it feels. You know one so. of the one of the other things that that Craig is not even mentioning is you know in addition to the loss of the brewery, um, Evan suffered. You know he, he lives in this area and his home was you know trashed through this entire storm as well and and was displaced out of his house as well. So it's not just the business aspect; it's their personal lives were you know, upended because of this, you know, action, you know, so besides putting your business back together, they're putting their personal lives back together, you know, so it's, it's, you know, pretty significant 10 weeks, I'm sure, in their lives. Yeah, that's true, yeah, for, I think, what, just under six of them, we, uh, we were all living together under one roof, along with Evan and his wife and their one-year-old son and their two dogs, they were, uh, all shacking up with my wife and I in Queens. (laughs) Wait, should we do some paternity tests? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can all laugh and jest, and, and, and it, you know this is like a dream come true to hear that you guys are back because I miss your beer, man. But you know everybody's cutting in your turf. Like Perch Jeff is going to start delivering to to Jimmy's number forty three, and down oh, the street man. all my friends want to buy this Lebanese beer from nine sixty one. You know, I'll tell you if it can't be if it can't be us on tap, at least it's uh, you know one of our neighbors. So we'll uh, we'll take that in a heartbeat. And I've actually I'm gonna, I'm going to speak the truth. I've been waiting for Long Island to make their own beer. And uh, I, I do have a prejudice against contract brewers, and I hate to say that, but I have to. But it's only because there's so many of you guys now. It's like if you're making your own beer, and, and especially if you're selling it yourself, I want to buy it. And um, I, we actually, there's so many breweries in New York now that we have to start making those choices. You know, um, but I, put, you just got to put more draft lines in. Yeah. All. <laughs> actually, all you have to do is sign here, and then we'll get you three kegs over in the next half hour or so. All right. Well, Craig, you miss all that banter, don't you? But yeah, absolutely, dude. This is this. It's so good to hear from you, man. Uh, anybody else? I want the guy from Mazin from Lebanon. You're gonna ask our favorite brewer in New York City, New York area is Craig from Barrier, and we got Mazin from Lebanon. This guy's uh, he wants to talk to you. Which is kind of the exact opposite side of the earth. Probably if you dug a hole, you'd show up in Beirut. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm I'm so happy you're back up. And it seems the guys have really pulled together to, to, to do their best to try and help out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's one of the things we've always loved about this industry. We always refer to it as a beer community. Um, but to see it like this, I think it just, uh, you know, exemplifies that to the highest level. This, this really is like a tight-knit group of, of friends and, and comrades. Um, and, you know, like you said, we're all out there just trying to, uh, to defeat the crap beer that's, yeah. um, that kind of just permeates the market. So. We're uh, we're one big team, just trying to to bring he's, better beer he's to right, everybody. Craig, you're right. It's still you know when I go when I go outside of the city or I go outside of a good Brazil bar, I still have to deal with crap beer all the time. But you realize <laughs> yeah. this is this is it's a amazing. universal thing. It's not just about friends. I mean, I I see this in the brewers community. People come to each other's aid, although they might not know each other. They're from totally different places. Anders came to our aid 
Steve Hindi's been helping, and I live in Lebanon. I don't, like I have no connection, and it's 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 just a universal brewers culture where we all come to each other's aid. Also, yeah, absolutely. If, we we had some visitors at our brewery um, about a month or so before the storm from Israel. We'd never met them before. They knew nothing about us, but they had, they happened to randomly be staying with some friends uh, about a mile from the brewery. So they co- came in to visit. And this has got to be one of the only industries where, um, you know, if you're also a, a player in the industry, you actually get welcomed into, you know, a quote-unquote competitor's doors with open arms, and you get more behind-the-scenes look than, um, you know, than, than your average Joe who walks in. You actually get kind of the, uh, the special brewer's treatment, whether you've met each other before or not. You know I what think they that's call something beer. something that's really special about this industry. You know what they call beer, the social lubricator. That's right. <laughs> this is a crazy show. This is one that could go for three hours, and you know what? One day we'll have a three-hour show. But, Craig, it's so good to hear you guys are making beer. The, the last guy to talk is uh, Greg from Long Island. Greg, what was that last beer you poured for me? Because it's really good. That's our uh, Black Friday Imperial Stout. That's awesome. Uh, we do that once a year. We brew that. It comes out uh, on Black Friday. It's our kind of salute to capitalism for us. Uh, we, we, we put that out. It comes out once a year, and we just do that till it sells out for the season. So let's just go around the room. Everyone say their name and the, and the brewery or their association so Craig can hear us and our listeners. Mazen Hajar, 961 Beer, Beirut. Kurt Potter, Blue Point Brewing Company. And this guy over there, who's that guy? <laughs> Lars Dalhouse from uh, St. Killian Importing. The secret guy in the room. All right. <laughs> Uh, Greg Martin from Long Island Beer Company. It's Mike Philbrick from Port Jeff Brewing Company. Nico Kremitas, lover of craft beer. Let's just say this is an awesome room of beer, guys, and let's just keep it going, guys. Craig, at Barry and Evan, ch- cheers to you guys, man. I am so happy to hear you back. And coming up, I think you'll meet some of these brewers, including probably Craig and Evan. Uh, New York City Beer Week is coming back. It's changed. It's new. It's coming back in February. In our event, New York City Brewers Choice, uh, Jimmy Carboni and Dave Broderick and, and others will be hosting it uh, February 27th. So go to uh, goodbrazil.com to check it out. And uh, locally, January 24th to 26th, don't miss Brett Weekend at Browery Lane, celebrating great brewers using Brett from Fry Guys, Jolly Pumpkin, Evil Twin. That sounds like an awesome night, doesn't it? I mean, uh, Mazen, do you use any Brett? You don't use Brett yet, do no, you? No, we don't use Brett. No. And do you guys know he's using Brett? Here. Yeah, yeah. But there's going to be some Brett coming in New York. And also, we're looking forward to tasting more of Peak Skill, you know, from Jeff O'Neill. He's doing some Brett. So Chief. I'd like to thank Chief. our sponsors. Chief, Big say Chief. Chief. Yeah. Chief. Chief, Chief. Our sponsors at GreatBrews.com have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Beer Sessions Radio is supported by the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to Mazen, Nico, Matt, Wendy, and who else? Lars. Lars. <laughs> Michael. Nico, everybody, thanks for coming in for the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Brie O'Connor, and our engineer, Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.